Sandy Pryor joined me on this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. She was diagnosed in July 2019 at the age of 57 with stage one lobular breast cancer. Tandy shares her personal journey from diagnosis to treatment. She talks about the power of trusting our instincts and intuition, as well as using our voice and maintaining our power over our bodies and lives. Take a listen in as Tandy shares her story. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. Welcome to the podcast, Tandy. I am so excited to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So let's talk about the beginning of your breast cancer journey or story or, you know, whatever it is that you like to call it. Um, you know, where, where did it start for you? How did it start? Well, I think it's so interesting that we're talking today because um, I, in no way did I put these together until a couple of days ago, but today's my one year anniversary of finding out that I had breast cancer and that, that call from the doctor. Oh my gosh. That was year. Yes. That is yeah. so crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, when he's telling me to pull over and I'm like, no, I'm not going to pull over. He's like, pull over. I'm like, no, I'm not pulling over. <laughs> Just tell me what because, you got, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're already saying what you're going to say by telling me to pull right? over. So finally I did pull over. And yeah. He told me, well, I'm yeah. sorry that you were driving because I feel like some people, um, if they were driving when getting that kind of news, um, would not be in a good situation. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that you did pull over. Um, even if you are. Yeah, I did pull over, but my first initial thing was like, no, if I pull over, it makes it real. Yeah, And if exactly. I just pretend like what he's saying isn't true, then I'll just keep, you know, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, yeah what, so it's been one year today. Yeah. So what led up to that phone call? Like, what, did you find a lump? Were you doing a self breast exam? Like what was, what, what was going on? Mammogram? I had waited on the mammogram and um, it had been, I don't know, maybe 14 or 15 months, something like that. And I just, I had this, um, just this inkling that something was wrong. And on the left side, I had, I know it sounds kind of weird, but there was just like a little fleshier part under my arm. And it wasn't on the right, but it was on the left. And, and three doctors had looked at it and said, really, it's nothing. It's just, you know, like for be lack of better else, it's just kind of a, a fat distribution, so to speak. And I was like, that's just weird. You know, that's weird. And so I had the uh, mammogram and nothing showed up. And I still just was like, something, something is off here. I just knew that something was wrong. And so I had my doctor order a, you know, a, basically a self-pay MRI because I was on insurance that kind of isn't um, the standard insurance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more like if, if there was something. So I didn't necessarily want 
to alert anybody in case it wasn't anything. And if it was, I guess I was just going to work with it. So he ordered that and I went in for an MRI and actually the first MRI, the machine went down while the, they put an IV in you and then the machine went down during it. So I was so mad. I was just like frustrated and I'm sure and I waited to reschedule that and they had to wait and all that. So then it's like six weeks. Oh my gosh. Later. You had to reschedule it. Oh, totally had to reschedule it oh and my go gosh. to a whole different location. Oh my whole gosh. Location. Cause they've been, I put that in parentheses, having trouble with that machine. So the point is don't stop if your gut is telling you yeah, that something's off. Cause truly. I finally got in there. Six weeks later, they saw something they didn't like, you know, then they do the ultrasound, then they do the biopsy. And they, once they got an ultrasound on there, they saw that because the type of cancer I have apparently is not often found in a regular mammogram, which was the last one I had, had not been the 3D or whatever it is that they do now. It had not been that. Yeah. And I've heard, um, you know, that, that the lobular cancer, um, you know, it's one of those things where it's not, it doesn't always present as a lump. You know, it, it's not always detected um, on, you know, there was no, there was no lump. No. And there was no lump and there's, and it's, um, I have dense tissue, you know, I've had to go back once and they're like, I've never had them say anything's wrong. Right. I just had to go back and nothing was there and then carry on. So, but this time was different and it is that, you know, it's that club you don't want to belong to. And oh my goodness, how, how lucky I feel to have found that at stage one. And I think that's the right. the moral of my story is to trust your instincts. Well, and I mean, that's, and like, that is so powerful. Like I, I am mm-hmm. always, um, you know, thinking about how much we always lead or are guided by our head, um, you know, but sometimes we really just have to trust our gut and our heart. And if something doesn't feel right to just pursue it. Yes. You know, like, and, you know, I think about, sorry, I think about like, what if you hadn't been paying attention to that feeling? You know, that's kind of a scary thought. Not that I, not that I want you to go there, but I mean, really like there are so many things where, you know, people don't pay attention to what it is that they're feeling and then, you know, it, it turns out to be something worse. Um, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. You are exactly right. And when I turned 50, I started a new, new work as a coach. And I coach, I'm an, what, what, they, what you would call an empowerment coach for entrepreneurs and women in business. And a big part of what I teach is to trust your instincts and to, most people use their intuition. They're just not aware, but women especially, although there's a lot of men too, but it is like, it's your, it's your superpower. Yes. (laughs) And how it's, you know, I, I had, I'm so glad that I, um, in this instance, I mean, I use it all the time in my work, right? I use it like all around in work. I use it in business, but when it comes to your own health, it's, uh, you know, historically it was like, oh yeah. Oh, I'll get around to that. That kind of thing. Uh, no, yeah. 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 There, and, and I would say more for, well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Like I, you know, I hear, oh, well, you know, women are more like, oh, I'm not going to go and pursue this, but men are kind of the same too. Like, you know, they have that kind of like macho, like there's nothing wrong with me um, kind yeah. of thing going yeah. on. So yeah, I mean, I, I, kudos to you, first of all, for just, 
you know, listening to your gut and, you know, obviously taking the tools that you have in your job um, Mm -hmm. and using it for yourself. (laughs) You are so right. And, and two things around that one is that part under my arm absolutely had nothing to do with it. It's actually had an ultrasound on it and everything, but I almost looked like it was a gift in a weird way because it was just enough on top of everything else. It was kind of like a, Hey, look over here, you know? And and it's for that reason. I mean, I feel like that, that was a big part of why. And one of the things I think is really big is because I was not, even after I went through that and, um, and, and realized that I insisted on the MRI, nobody else was telling me to have that. I insisted on that and, and insisted that they order it. And if he wasn't going to order it, I was going to find somebody who would. (laughs) And I went to a pink ribbon event. So I was like two or three months out at this big pink ribbon event that happens in Cincinnati here. It's huge. And one of the physicians that got up there um, said, these are the three things. One is regular checkups, right? I don't remember the third one, but the second one was trust your instincts. And you could have knocked me over in that audience when I looked up on that thing. And he said, he goes, I can't tell you how many times it was a physician. And he said that he'd had a 34 year old woman in there the month before who had known something was wrong. And that was the only clue Hmm. that something was wrong. And so they went with it and there was something wrong. So he backed up what I was thinking, but hadn't fully embraced how important that was to yeah. trust your instincts. Yeah. Where some parts of our standard medicine, I, I kind of do a um a blending of both allopathic and hem- and homeopathic. I kind of blend both. But so much of it takes the power away from us. Yes. And as the patient and gives all the power over to someone else to tell you what's wrong. 100%. And yes, there's a, there's a place for that. And there's also a place for you to speak what you know and stand up for yourself. Right. Well, and yeah, I mean, I totally 100% agree. And that actually kind of leads me into, um, well, two questions I have for you. So one, is there a family history at all of breast cancer? It's very, that's a whole nother story right here, but yes, actually. So when, you know how they test you for all the cancer genes and all that. And I'd been on, um, 23 and me or and a couple of those. And oh, yeah. they said, I had, they said I had the Bracky gene. I'm getting to what your question in a roundabout way. Uh, the reason I was relying on that is I was adopted, but I know everybody, but I had just assumed cause I did find out that my birth mother had breast cancer. Oh, wow. So, uh, but I did grow up knowing that, like most people grow up knowing that and being around that and all. So I was kind of trusting these outside tests. So I would just want to put a little thing out there. They're not always right. It said I had the Bracky gene. Well, I do have a Bracky gene, but there's a bunch of them and it's not one that they care about, the ones that really know. So um, that's one. I thought I was carrying that and I actually wasn't carrying that Bracky gene. I mean, I had just found that out right at the same time all of this was happening. And um, and yes, there there is. And my mother, who I call my mom, she also had breast cancer, but both of those 
both of my birth mother and my mom, my mom's who raised me, that's how I refer to them. Right. Uh, both of them had, uh, you know, postmenopausal um, hormone replacement therapy cancers. Wow. And I hadn't, you know, I hadn't taken any, anything like that. So. Right. And is there any like family connection between your birth mother and your mom? No. No. Okay. No. I was no, just kind of curious, a, you know. That's a good question. Yeah, no, they're not. They weren't <laughs> sisters or anything. Okay. I, I guess that does happen sometimes. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. I mean, because it's. Yeah. It's, I, I mean that it's it's kind of crazy to think that you know, your your mom, um, mm. and then also your birth mother had uh, breast cancer, and you know, that postmenopausal, you know, hormone therapy related. Like that's just yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah. So. My mine, second, yeah, mine oh, is estrogen fed so okay. that you know, I can't, I can't do any of those. They don't want me to do any of them. So yeah. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer same. in some ways, but, um, yeah, you got to pay attention to that. Absolutely. So what was, um, you know, what was the, well, first of all, let me ask you this question. What is the genetic mutation that you do have? If you don't have the BRCA mutation, um, did they find another one? Was it like the PAPI2 or the CHECK2 or I don't, I mean, there are so many at this point, but, um, did they give you the information? Cause you said it was wrong on 23andMe, which is kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, it was wrong. It was wrong. And it's, yes, I do have, I guess one of those genes, but it's not any of the ones that, um, um, you know, the Ohio, I can't remember the name of the company that did that, but did the gene. Yeah. So none of the 10, I didn't have a mutation that I'm aware of, or if okay. that's, you asked me that I'm kind of wondering, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, I feel like, um, you know, the discovery of the BRCA mutations were first and that obviously opened the door to, um, discovering more. So I, I, my personal feelings, and I am not in any way, shape, or form an expert in this field, but I do feel like there are more mutations that are out there that just haven't been discovered yet. Um, you know, oh. and it, it just seems, in my opinion, um, and again, not an expert opinion, that when there's that close of a connection, you know, when it's daughter and mom, um, that it just seems really far-fetched in my mind that it would not somehow be linked yeah, you know, part of me might not really even want to look at that. I'll be honest with you. And now you've kind of got me like, hmm, maybe I do look, look at that. I, my checkup is in two weeks with the official one with my physician. So okay. I'm yes. glad that you're raising that because actually um, I like that you that you asked me that question. I'm going to dive deeper on that. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I am a, you know, I'm, I I like to look at what I do is I like to investigate things like that. So I don't know if I've just been settling into the healing aspect of this on so many different levels, but I haven't really asked that question, which actually I'm kind of perplexed why I didn't. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing is, you know, I mean, it's, you are one year out from your diagnosis. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes there's a disconnect between our bodies, our intellect, our emotions, um, because everything happens so fast that eventually there becomes a point in time where those parts of us start to reconnect. 
and we can, you know, process and conceptualize and all of those things. And I would say that even 13 years out from this, um, there are still things where I'm like, oh, why didn't I ask that? Or, you know, something starts popping up that I, I hadn't thought about or, you know, didn't take any action on. So, you know, don't, don't be too hard on yourself <laughs> for not. I think, what, I think what you're saying is very true and it's kind of, it frustrates me a little bit, but you're, I know that you're, you're right. Yeah. I know that what you're saying is true. I a hundred percent know what you're saying is true. How, how, what stage were you? Uh, stage two. Stage two. And that was 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do uh, chemo? No chemo. I did a clinical trial and I was randomized to tamoxifen alone. Okay. So, but I would have done the chemo if they had told me to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's such a personal decision, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So what about you? Did you end up, like, what was your course of treatment? Did they um, recommend a lumpectomy, a mastectomy, unilateral chemotherapy? Like, um, what did you have to do? I did, um, I did a lumpectomy. And since it was stage one and there were no um, cancer genes of any of the ones they try, they tested for, I chose to um, not do um, the tamoxifen. Okay. Yeah. So I do, a, um, I can't think of the name of it right now. I do a orthomolecular, um, it's kind of, it's a natural blocker, okay. estrogen blocker. Yeah, I've I took one of those for a while. Yeah, I've dropped um, like 35 pounds now, and I'm moving a lot again. I had a lot of pain and got through all of that. So I think, um, you know, I'm still taking weight off slowly but surely um, and getting, you know, really in, in much better shape than I've been in a long time. Yeah. And that was another part of my part of my treatment, too was to take it from the inside out like that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's important. You know, obviously if, um, you know, I, I obviously, well, so I want to tread lightly on this <laughs> because I certainly don't want any of our listeners to, um, you know, I feel like people are in different spaces um, and wherever people are is, is fine. Um, but there's obviously like, something happens in our body that just triggers, you know, this, this, um, breakdown, this miscommunication, um, you know, for our body to become ill. Um, you know, for me, and the reason why I say that, like there's, there's just some dis ease, you know, that's in our body that creates this disturbance. Um, and I think it's always important that we work to, fix obviously what's on the inside, but also on the outside. You know, I, I think they go together. Um, sometimes I feel like that's also a disconnect too, where, you know, there's this idea of getting through the treatments and getting through, you know, it, that's fixed, but then there's not the other part of it of taking care of oneself like outside. Um, right. if that makes any sense. Right. Well, and it, yeah, for me it was, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, it was it was really about self care, and it was about taking control of the things that weren't working, and um, 
the journey to health on on a much deeper level than just um, I I could have taken that, but I don't think just taking that without the self care. And again, you're asking me my my journey with this, and you're so right about everybody. This is such a personal. It's such a personal. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, I I did something that. Um, most people probably even heard about because I was working with a functional medicine physician um, that was really on the on the front end, and I bought a machine called a, a T Zap, a Total Zap, mm-hmm. and it heals with it heals with um, frequencies, and that's another way. And I know that sounds kind of out there, but it's just one more way of prevention that I use. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's an option that people can look at and everybody has to make their choice. And you never know if you're making the right one. I think that might be the scariest thing of this whole thing. Well, you don't know if the choices that you're making are right. You You just have to do what feels like, what feels right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I would agree with that, um, you know, over and over again, that it is, first of all, it is so personal everybody's experience is different. Um, you know, what I did is certainly not going to be right for the next person. Um, you know, I'm happy to always share with people like, Oh, these are the things that I've done. Um, you know, if that works for you and if that serves you and you find value in it, go by all means and explore it. Um, but don't feel like, you know, what I've done is anything better than, you know, what somebody else has done. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, totally agree with that. And, you know, you just have to meet yourself where you are. Right. And some, in terms of some of these things. So did you end up having to do like, did they recommend chemo or radiation or anything like that? I did radiation. Um, the type that where they put the little, um, they insert that. It looks like a rocket, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had that done. Let's see. That was twice a, twice a day for, seven days. Okay. But I did it on the, on a holiday or no, it was five days, but I did it on a holiday. So it, it ended up staying in me a couple of days longer, but right. that was okay because they were, you know, great about getting me in and that I preferred that because it was very specific and it goes exactly where it was. And it wasn't the radiation that goes over that whole part of your body. And that's why I chose that one. Okay. Even, even though twice a day was kind of a pain, it, it actually ended up being a good choice for me. Yeah. I mean, it's quite honestly, I think it's a pain regardless. Right. (laughs) You know, I did, I did every day for 30 days and I was just like, can we just be done with this already? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought, yes. I just thought that I would rather just do it like that and get it over with once and yeah. I mean that, yes. So you're right. You're right. Everybody has to choose what's right for them. Certainly around that. Yeah. But I was very pleased with the way that, that I didn't have hardly any side effects or anything from that. Oh, good. Yes. And again, everybody's so different with that. Like, you know, I hear people that, you know, I, when I was going to a support group, um, at Gilda's club in Pittsburgh, um, I met a lady and, you know, she and I were talking and she had horrendous burns. Um, and I was pink. Like I just looked like I had spent a little bit too much time in the sun, um, in that one specific area. And that was it. Yeah. I, I barely had any, I got a little tired by the like day four. I had a little bit of tiredness, but that was it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I mean, it's, 
um, you know, a year out, you said in two weeks, you have your follow-up. So what it, like, what do they recommend? Like, are you seeing every year at this point or every six months? Yeah, well, you know, apparently I needed to be in there at six months, but, um, COVID happened. Yeah. <sighs> COVID. And, and, and we, and we missed it. So I'm, I'm behind a couple of months, which made me a little nervous, but they seem to be fine with it. They so, didn't um, want to do like a teletherapy or telemed or whatever with you. No, because I think they wanted to do, I think I held off on that. It wasn't okay. them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, that was right when everything started and most places were not having appointments and um, this, I think will involve a 3d mammogram and all that. And I think that's what they're more interested in me having. Got it. Yeah. 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 And I, um, I mean, I think the, the telemed is fine for some people, but I definitely think, you know, there are people who, you know, they just, they have to be seen. Um, that's one of my biggest things is, you know, not that I want to go down this (laughs) rabbit hole, but so many people don't understand that like cancer does not stop because of COVID. Um, you know, people still have to be treated and they still have to be seen and, you know, they're, it's, it's still all very much real. Um, you know, and, it, and it's really important too, because I've, I've seen some pretty scary statistics that, um, you know, there are more individuals who are, um, diagnosed with cancer who are actually passing away from COVID, um, obviously ca- complications. It's, it's probably dual things, but, um, or multiple oh. things, but yeah, it was kind of a. I have stayed away from that. I don't even want to read that. Honestly, yeah. it sounds like I'm in denial, but I, you're probably right. And oh my goodness, I hadn't even thought about that. Of course, yeah. I can see somebody that's actively in treatment. Right. That you're definitely would have a lower um, immune system for sure. Are yeah. they saying anybody who's just previously had it? No, and I don't know. Um, I'm trying to remember what the source even was. I can't, I cannot remember where I got that from. Um, but I was just like, Oh, like that's not okay. Um, but I yeah. think it is more people who are currently in treatment. So the, you know, I did do a um, podcast with my previous medical oncologist related to cancer and COVID. So if anybody out there is listening and they're concerned, I would highly recommend listening to that episode um, just to be able to protect yourself. Yes. Yes, sure. Sure. That is super important right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. just in general, um, I feel like that's so important. But for somebody that's specifically and actively going through um, cancer treatments or, you know, any kind of medical treatments, like you just, yeah, you have to be cautious and careful. Um, So I have a question. Um, What, you know, this is really you know, a year out, I mean, all of this is still like super fresh. And, um, you know, I have to give you kudos, first of all, for being willing to come on the podcast and share your story. Um, Because that's not always easy, you know, to to throw out personal information and something that's still so fresh. So what would you say is like the biggest, if you've had this experience, but what is the biggest lesson that you've learned so far in your um, journey or story or adventure, whatever you want to call it? I think, um, I think it's still the one thing I talked about, which is trust your instincts around everything. Whether it's, is that what you mean? Is that your question? Like my biggest, oh, that's a biggest lesson is what you mean, right? I'm looking at the big, I mean, whatever. 
It, this is your answer. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah, I think they're both. Well, I want to make sure that it was the right question what you were asking that my answer was uh, correct with that. Um, I still think it's the trust, the instinct, because even after you're through the process, you still you still need to take 100% responsibility for your health and the direction and um, the outcome and, um, you know, trying to get the best outcome by knowing and doing and reading and, and making um, informed decisions along with listening to your physician and the oncologist and everybody else and the pros and cons and weighing those and knowing that you still I guess ultimately it's, it's claiming your own power yeah. and around this, around the, the whole situation before, during, after and it continues on. It's not like, Oh, it's over. It's over. Right. We're still being checked. We're still, you know, at risk. I get all that. And I think that the gift of, of find, using your own voice and doing it the way you want to do it is ultimately the biggest lesson slash gift. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to use your words, but really, I mean, genuinely it is um, because I, yeah, oh my gosh. Like, I feel like when we're kind of thrusted into this, which is genuinely what it is, like one day you're going about your business and then the next day, you know, whatever, whatever happens, your life completely shifts. Even if it's, you know, you find something or you have a concern and, um, you know, it turns out to be benign, there's still a big shift in your life because you've had this anxiety related to all of this stuff. But in so many instances, I've heard over and over again that people feel like their power, their choices are taken away from them, that their voices aren't heard. Um, and I, so I love that. I mean, I, I genuinely love um that that's one of the biggest lessons and, and gifts. Um, it, it, it's how, it's how I live my life and it's what I teach and it, it's part of who I am really. I know it sounds kind of weird, but it's, it's true. And I think part of it is the gift of being in your fifties ladies. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like own it whether it's forties or fifties or whatever, don't wait that long. But, so the fifties are like the new thirties now, right? Like I love them. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, what I love is that my clients are getting younger and younger. They're, they're getting it way before 50, like the learn to speak up for themselves yeah. and learn to, to drive their own, you know, drive their own decisions and drive their own life and drive, you know, open their mouth and speak up. If something doesn't feel right, you still have, I guess the word would be sovereignty over your life and over your body. Yeah. And over and over your choices. So do you do any work with, um, you know, survivors, like cancer I, survivors to help them? I mean, because they're re- genuinely there are a lot of there are a lot of people out there who are impacted by cancer that, you know, they're they're still not in that spot. So, you know, do you do any yeah. coaching with that population? I would love to. I just haven't I haven't focused there. Now I have had clients that have that. But, you know, that's something I haven't really thought about. I, I think, again, it's, it's like what you said. It's the settling into this is I'm, I'm joined that club I don't want to belong to, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but, but I'm here, and why would I not bring? That makes perfect sense, what you said. Yeah. And I really have honestly not. I've thought about, you know, I, I, I coach all different kinds of, 
of women in business, they're not always in business either because the, the work I do is part healing and part business and part, you know, personal development, but the work usually runs into, but not always. And, you know, I started that journey really from a near death experience, but that would be a, have to be a whole nother call, but that started in my thirties. So it was a long way from where I was to where I am now. And this, the cancer journey has been certainly on the end of, of a journey, a long journey. Right. Yeah. Well, like I, mean, I like I, to call it the, yeah, walking the path of the wounded healer. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, sometimes when we go through a traumatic and then healing process that sometimes leads us to a place um, that may end up becoming a business, right? Like I know you said that not everybody's in a business, but, you know, for many people, um, you know, I can think about Stephanie McLeod. She was um, a a recent guest on the podcast and she, um, she's an art therapist and her mom had um, breast cancer and, you know, it was a very traumatic experience for her. And she took, like, I'm, I'm getting chills thinking about it, but, you know, she took that experience and she became an art therapist um, with that, you know, through that experience and becoming a, an art therapist was super healing for her. And then she ended up with breast cancer herself. So, you know, there, there can be that, you know, kind of exploration, if you will, through oh, that healing sure. process. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You know, I have tons of ideas, um, and so maybe you and I at some point um, need to have a conversation offline um, <laughs> to yeah, see how no, we I can. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, I would love that. See how yes. we can make that happen. So, um, oh my gosh! Well, I I just have to tell you that I've enjoyed so much talking to you. Um, you know, I your story is powerful. I mean, it, just the work that you do in general is, you know, amazing. And I, I feel like we need more people out there that are doing that kind of work because, you know, again, I, I can't say it enough, but you know, when we're kind of put in this situation, we do feel like we've lost our power. We feel like we've lost our voice um, and that decisions are being taken away from us. And, you know, I, I want cancer survivors, regardless of whatever kind of cancer it is to walk away from, um, that experience feeling like they still have their power and their voice and that they're worthy and loved and, um, gosh, I'm going to make myself cry. (laughs) And me too. Um, And me too. Yeah. Like I, I just, we need people out there who are, who are doing that kind of work. So thank you for doing that kind of work. Even if your specific focus isn't on, um, survivors yet. Right. I, I kind of like that. I think I could have my own little division of that. I like that. I, I mean, agree. I I just got chills when you said that, by the way. So I, I was like, whoa, there, there might be something to that. So yeah. chills are confirming in my world. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing your time with me, sharing your story. And, um, you know, just, just thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. I'm really glad we connected and I have thoroughly enjoyed this. Actually, I've learned a lot too. So I hope it's beneficial and helpful for anybody that's listening. Oh, I have no doubt. None whatsoever. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. 
If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.